Romans chapter 3. Lord willing, we're going to go through the end of the chapter, so verse 27 through 31 in particular is where I hope that the Lord will take us this morning. Let's pray together. I'm going to pray if you'll pray along with me silently. God, we sing our songs to you. We sing our praises to you because you are worthy. You're worthy of all glory. God, we thank you that you answer our prayers, Lord, that you hear our prayers. Lord, we're thankful that you are all wise and know that sometimes when we're asking for certain things that it is not good for us to have those things. But Lord, we trust and we know that as we ask this morning to hear from you, we know that's a good thing. Lord, that we could listen to your voice this morning, that you would speak to our hearts. You would, Holy Spirit, use your word to cut deep. God, we're asking for heart surgery this morning. We're asking for brain surgery. We're asking that you would cut deep. I'm asking that you would glorify your name through the preaching of your word. And perhaps, Lord, save some who do not know you. Lord, I pray they would cry out to you. And those who know you, that you would use your word to make them look more like Jesus today. God, give me your words that I would speak them to your glory. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, before we read the text, we have been for a few months now working through the the book of Romans, Paul's letter to the church at Rome. We, of course, in chapter 1 saw his greeting and his longing to go and visit the church in Rome. We saw the amazing proclamation that Paul says that he's not ashamed of the gospel because it was the power or the dynamite of God for salvation for everybody who would believe Jew first, but also the Greek. We see this theme over and over again. Doesn't matter, Jew, Greek, doesn't matter your ethnicity, doesn't matter if you're male, female, how much money you have or how little you have. It does not matter. We are in the same boat. We all need the grace of God. We need the righteousness of Christ, God's wrath, The middle and end of Romans chapter 1 talked about how it is against all, every single one of us, but had a unique manifestation or shown to us in a way of exchanging the the natural things, the things that are unnatural. He talks specifically of sexual sin and homosexuality to show us that very thing because it's the, the clearest for us to see. But he got into all kinds of other sin to make sure that we all know that apart from Christ, that is who we are. In the chapter 2, he then explain, kind of narrowed in a little bit more to those who think they are morally better than everybody else. He attacked that. Then to the Jewish people, if they think that they're okay just because they have the law or have been circumcised, he, he blows that out of the water. And we saw into chapter 3, that just because you have the oracles of God, which are indeed a good thing, Paul said, 
that still will not save you. And we talked about how for us that does not matter just because we have the scriptures or we've been a church member or we've been baptized. That will not save you. There is nothing that will save us other than faith in Christ. He then went back to explaining again how we have no hope. For no one was righteous, no one understands, no one seeks, no one does good. And then we saw the end of the chapter, the focus in on being justified by his grace as a gift. And the reason that God did it at this time is he was holding back his wrath so that way he could pour it out on Christ and be the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And that takes us to our verses today. So follow along quietly with me as I read through the text, and then we'll work through it verse by verse and see what God may have for us today. Verse 27, Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No. But by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. The title for this sermon that I have for you is Let the Law Drive Your Faith to Christ and your boasting in the cross. Let the law drive your faith to Christ and your boasting in the cross. Let's work through and see what he has for us. Verse 27. Paul asks the question, logically with the flow of his argument that he's been making throughout these chapters, he goes next and then says, then what becomes of our boasting? How are we supposed to boast? And his answer is awesome, but is one of the hardest things for us to do. Look at his answer. Then what becomes of our boast? How are we supposed to boast? What are we going to boast and what's it going to look like? Our boasting, especially in particular, our self-boasting, here's what he says. It is excluded. On your notes there, I have a little handout again for those of you who like Greek. It has some more of the definitions there. Another way of saying it, it's it's to withdraw from fellowship. It is shut out. There's no room for it. You make no room for it. Our boasting, there's no room for it in the cross. There's no room for our boasting in the gospel. There's no room for our boasting in the fact that our righteousness comes through faith. Why? Because it's a gift. It's a gift. There's nothing that we do to earn it. So what he's saying is there's no place for it. But here's the problem. Many times people accuse Christians that we think that we're better than they are. Do they not? That happens all the time. And I'm not that concerned 
if what they're thinking is right or wrong on their part, we can't control that. But what I'm concerned with is do we at times think we're better than others as Christians? Do we at times look down on all those other people who don't get it and don't agree with us and don't believe the same things that we believe, do we look down on them? And in some way, in our hearts and in our minds, we are actually boasting because we think that we're better than them based upon something that we have done. I think that this is a a sneaky sin that can get inside. And we start to have language in our heart and as we talk to others about them when realizing that apart from the grace of God, that's who we are. And if it's grace, then it's a gift, and so you cannot boast, Paul says. No boasting. So it is excluded, he says, but by what kind of law? What, what, what law makes, makes it that's now excluded? By a law of works? What do you think? Law of works, is that why? Not at all. If it was a law of works, then guess what? You could probably boast then. I outworked them. Now, but by the law of faith. It's the law of faith. Verse 28, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Our justification, our being made right with God, it's going to come from apart from the law. The law will not help us do that. It's, going to, it's something separate. What's building here then is going back to the question of well, what, what good is the law? What's the point of it? How are we to interact with it is what's coming here. Verse 28 again, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. How many of you would say that we are saved by grace through faith? Yes? How many of you think we have to do anything else to add to that? Read our Bibles? Go to church. Be a member of a church. Be baptized. Nothing else? Huh. That's easy. That's easy, right? Faith in Jesus. That's all I got to do. I'm saved. I don't do anything else. This Christianity is for me. I like this. I can just continue on with my life exactly the same as I was before, yeah? Uh Uh-oh. That justification by faith, sometimes what happens is other groups, I would say our Catholic friends and others, even though they are thinking with what they're saying that it is still faith, they add more to it. Here's the problem. You've heard me share this before about when we bought our first house. You remember that we tried to apply for a mortgage, and Heather 
had a job and I kind of didn't and not that the state knew about doing side things, little whatever I could do. She had better credit than I did, so we apply for the, the, lo- the mortgage to get the, the loan, and they say, denied. No chance, you're not going to get it. Oh, man. <laughs> then they said this, however, if we take you, Billy, off, then you guys can have a loan. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know how that feels as a man? You're going to get a loan, everybody. Yeah, without you, what? Heather was able to do that on her work, but when I tried to add my works, it ruined it. Jesus' work is perfect. If you think for a second that you can add anything to it, you ruin it. You ruin it. We... For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Can you imagine the father sitting there and seeing his perfect son who obeyed the law perfectly, born of a virgin, does not have a sinful nature, dies the death we should have died on that cross. He pours out his wrath. After three days, he's resurrected because he's the perfect sacrifice. And then we say, that was good, God. But let me add the fact that I helped somebody change their tire. God, let me add the fact that I was pretty faithful to go to to worship gatherings probably three out of four times a month. Or as we talked about a few weeks ago, that I always stop my car and move the turtle out of the road. And he looks and says, you're coming with that? We would say, no, no, no. We agree with the apostle Paul. One is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Amen? Amen? Now watch this. Verse 29, or is God the God of the Jews only? Does he only save the Jews? Is he only the God of the the Jews? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, the Gentiles. How many of you are thankful that he's the God of the Gentiles also? Yeah, get your hand. Yes, the Gentiles also. Since God is one, verse 30, he says here. Since God is one. Now, multiple gods, multiple ways you're going to get to God or multiple ways to heaven. God is one. So the way to him is the same way. Not different for these people. Different. The God is one, so the way to God is going to be the same. Who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith? What word is repeated there at the end? Faith, faith. There were some things that were revealed to the Jews that were different, given to them, but are also now given to us. It is by faith, not works. Verse 31, and we're going to camp on verse 31 for a little bit. So he's asking the question, God is one who's going to justify the those who are Israelites, the Jewish, and those who are circumcised, and those who are uncircumcised. Who's going to do that? Well, God, of course. So then the question is this in 31. Do we then overthrow 
the law by this faith. We're saved by faith, right? We have, we're saved by Christ through our faith. And so, let's tear down the law. Let's get rid of the law. We'll destroy it. We'll overthrow it. And Paul says, by no means. We talked about other translations of that in your modern language. Ain't no way. By no means. That's not what the point is. On the contrary, he says, we uphold the law. We uphold the law or establish the law. Okay. By faith, we don't tear it down, so we we uphold it or establish it. On your notes, I have three ways for you that I, I think that the Apostle Paul is talking about here of how we uphold the law. As Christians, we look at the law. Now, when when I say law here, I'm talking about, yes, Old Testament law, things in the New Testament that we're to be doing. If we were to summarize the, the, the whole law, it would be love the Lord your God with all your... Okay, second is like it, love your... Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself, right? So we have that in mind. That being the case. How many of you do a good job with that? How many of you feel like 24-7 I am loving God with everything I have? For those of you in the front, there's nobody raising their hands in the back. How? Oh, even easier. This one's probably easier. How many of you Always love your neighbor as yourself. Well, then, when I look to the law, I might be very discouraged. How am I upholding that if I don't do it? Number one, for the Christian, looking to the law is looking to the gospel itself. Well, how? Why? Well, if you look at the law apart from Christ, then that would not be true. When we see the law, Christians, we should see grace. Why? Because we're seeing it through the lens of the gospel or the lens of faith. If you're only looking at the law and you do not have the eyes of faith and you do not have the gospel, then you will not be encouraged and you will not see grace. You will see condemnation because, again, that's what the law shows you is that you're a sinner. But as you, and here's what I want for you to do, when you are reading the scriptures and you are reading the Old Testament or the New Testament and you are seeing these various demands, you are seeing the law, even the law of Christ. Here's what I want you to do. It's a reminder to you that you cannot keep it. When you look at all those things, you go, I don't keep, uh, I don't keep all these things. I don't do that, Lord. Right. So then, what should you do? You are reminded that you need a great Savior. You see that and say, oh my gosh, Lord, apart from your grace, apart from Jesus, I had no hope. So it should drive your faith to Christ. Your faith should grow in 
Christ because you look and say, I couldn't do that, but Jesus could. That's the first one. So as you grow in your faith, when you look at the law and say, oh man, I was in bad shape, but Christ kept it, and so you trust more in the fact that he could keep it for you, what also you should then do is praise him for the fact that he could keep it. You praise him for the fact that he's the only one who could keep it. He's the only one who has kept it perfectly, and so you praise him all the more. The third thing, third way that we're upholding the law here, because our faith is in the person and work of Jesus Christ, we have a new perspective. What do I mean by that? Well, here's a few things. We see the law through the lens of the gospel of grace. We now, listen to this, as Christians, we now want to keep the law not because we're afraid of going to hell, but because we know that it pleases our God when we live holy lives. We also need to realize that before we had no chance of obeying the law and following it. But now, not for our justification, not so that we're made right with God, but because we're made right with God, we have the Spirit, we are now able to live holy lives by walking in the Spirit. And as we walk in the Spirit and live holy lives, we are salt and light to the world. So when you see the law, yes, you go, oh, my God, I cannot keep that. However, Jesus has kept it perfectly. So you praise Jesus for that. You trust more in Christ. And as you do so, you realize that that faith now empowers you by the Spirit to live holy lives by following the law. And it's not like something that we don't want to do. How many of you have ever had to do a job that you didn't want to do? Anyone ever had that? You know it's something you have to do, and you're like, I really do not want to do that. Here's the difference. For the Christian, as we walk in step with God's Spirit, what he does is he changes our affections. How many of you would say before, I really did not like reading the Bible or even coming to a worship service. Has there ever been a point in your life where you didn't want to do that? Look at you all. Yeah. God changes that in us. When we look to the law, we see all this work, and he actually changes that to where it becomes a joy to obey, a joy to read his word, a joy to gather with other people, a joy to share the gospel. Have any of you experienced that? If you have, that's good. God is working in you. If you haven't, You don't know him. If you've never experienced that, if you've not been changed in those ways, you don't know him because part of what he does is he changes us. The last thing as you look to the law, I want you to see here is that you are no longer a slave to the law and thus sin. You are now a slave to righteousness. That sin that you're struggling with right now. Whichever one might be in your mind, whether that is not faithfully following, gossip, pride, envy, 
Whatever sin you are struggling with right now, listen to me, brother or sister in Christ. You are not a slave to that. Jesus has died for it, and it has no power over you. You look at that sin, you look at the the law that tells you not to do that or to do something different, and you say, God, I cannot do this, and I could not do this on my own strength, but Jesus has obeyed it perfectly. And I praise Jesus for that, and I'm going to trust Him that He's going to help me by His Spirit for me to overcome that sin. Holy Spirit, help me to do so. And you ask God to renew your mind with His word and you battle it and you make war on that sin not in your own strength by the strength of the spirit what paul has done here is he has eliminated all self-boasting any discrimination that you're better than anybody else and that we could have faith without obedience Our obedience flows from our faith. But I want to end with this. In Galatians 6.14, Paul says, But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Here's what I want to leave you with today as a question to ask yourself. What would you say you are known for boasting about what is it that you are known for boasting about all the time now why 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 do i bring that up because it goes back to verse 27 he said then what becomes of our boasting right what becomes of our self-boasting it's gone but that doesn't mean we're not supposed to boast we're supposed to boast ask the question and ask god to reveal it to you what do i boast about you know what the answer should be? Jesus. The answer is Jesus. And so, brothers and sisters, when we look to the law and we realize we cannot keep it, it will not justify us, then here's what it should do. The law should drive our faith to Christ and should change our boasting to boasting only in the cross. Amen? Amen.